Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Olson, and this is the podcast where I talk to really cool people about their life through some of their favorite films. And I'm super excited to welcome a good friend of mine onto the show today. So let's welcome my guest, Cade Ellsworth. Cade, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. Hi, I'm happy to be here. I was on your old podcast a few times, so happy to go on this new podcast and start it off right. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you here. It was fun having you on my other podcast as well. And I feel like we usually talk Star Wars when you came on, right? For the most time. Yes, the most part. that was always the topic of discussion. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of where our our friendship, I'd say, it's kind of was blossomed was through Star Wars, which is uh, yep, Star Wars exactly. is the gift that for me keeps giving because I've met so many cool people through that. that exactly. Yeah. Um. But uh, I just want to say quickly, as I was talking about that, I I believe it was you, me, and my brother Matt. We did the we talked about Revenge of the Sith, um, and yes, that was like a really did. fun episode. I remember. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, very underappreciated Star Wars film, in my opinion. I think it doesn't get enough love. But, well, I yeah. think some people it does more these days. I feel like, but the prequels are definitely uh, there's higher opinion of them now. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, awesome. Well, let's, I want just for my guests, the people that don't know you, I know you fairly well, but, uh, what would you say are just like a few unique or interesting things about yourself? Let's see here. Well, I guess one that we've already alluded to is that I'm a huge Star Wars geek. Uh, I think I love everything about Star Wars except for one movie and maybe <laughs> I'll mention that movie later. <laughs> I think oh Thomas God. knows what I'm, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Another unique thing. Uh, I'm in a power wheelchair. I have a uh, progressive muscle disease. So that means I get to roll around in a power chair. And so that makes life interesting sometimes. Mm. I'd say that's unique. Uh, I have a twin. So that's always unique. It's funny because my uh, my mother-in-law is also a twin. And then I have twin nieces. So oh, I guess wow. twins are have been part of my family and part of my in-laws. So yeah. I think that's cool. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool to be surrounded by a lot of twins. I've got cousins that are twins and then a cousin that had twins. Um, so there, and I feel like there's another family member that has some twins too somewhere. But anyway, so there's, there's a lot of twins around my family too. Um, well, cool. And, and too, I just want to, sh- people listening can't see, but you've got an awesome like Star Wars display of like Legos and different things that are really cool in the background <laughs> yep i have i also have my my homemade mandalorian costume i have the helmet on oh, my yeah. shelf behind me yeah that's cool that's awesome and then i see like some boats and stuff are those from something or are those just like so on the on the in the top on the top in the corner yeah. is the black pearl okay and then one of the raider the one of the corsair ships from return of the king okay Lord that's what Rings. i thought and then the the closest one is just a generic pirate ship from lego okay i thought it i thought it was the uh return of the king and the black pearl so that's cool um well and so this is you know a movie podcast but we talk about a lot of different things so but uh what what kind of movies or like genres of movies do you usually enjoy watching the most um let's see this is one of the questions i prepared for oh nice. so i i think mostly i gravitate towards fantasy and science fiction you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, I'd say probably my two favorite franchises. I like Harry Potter. So I think I'm a fan of those. And then as a secondary, probably adventure slash action films. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, I love those as well, too. And that's, um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said before, Star Wars was uh, a main kind of thing that where we became friends. But also, I feel like we've talked Avengers and different stuff over the years, too. So. Um, well, cool. Well, let's, let's get into it then. So, um, we've got a couple, you know, quite a few questions here, but, um, so I'd love to get to know you and have my audience get to know you a little bit more through some of your favorite movies. Um, oh, real quick, actually, I remember I wanted to point out too, you used to do a Star Wars podcast. Um, you haven't been doing that for a few years though, right? Is that? Yeah, it's been dormant for a couple of years. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say I love listening to it. I, I think I've told you that before, but uh, 
making it live and official everyone know that kate has a he has a great pod, star wars podcast yes, out there, and so. I, I think there's enough star wars content coming out soon that i might pick it up again oh yeah okay cool Wait, is anything specific that's like bringing, wanting to bring you back? Or uh, Mandalorian season three, Ahsoka. Um, I think there's that Skeleton Crew show. I'm not that excited about that, but I think Star Wars is heading into a pretty good place. Yeah, yeah. There's some cool stuff this year. So, um, cool. Well, I look forward to uh, if you do do that to listening. So, um, okay. So our first question here is: What's one of the most meaningful films to you? And and what? Why? Why is this a, such a meaningful movie for you? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Oh, while I'm thinking about that, I'll I'll do this second question that's here in the outline. Okay. You said, "What is it that you like about these kinds of films?" So I said, "Fantasy and science oh, fiction." Right. Right. Yes. I forgot. That. So I, I was writing this, and I I feel like movies are escapist at their heart, you know, because you're you're diving into this other story. And especially with fantasy and science fiction, there's this whole new world that you're diving into. And so when you're immersed in these movies, it doesn't feel like you're here on Earth or anything like that. So I think it's a good good way to get immersed in these stories, especially when they're so, you know, fantastical as Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. And I yeah. think, you know, these kind of science fiction and fantasy films focus on the battle between good and evil, which I always feel is awesome to explore. And of course, there's awesome characters in these kind of movies with abilities and magic. And I just, I love the fantasy and science fiction worlds. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm with you on that too. It's, it's, I think when I look back on like, cause I've always just loved movies and like star Wars, especially like was a huge influence or captured my attention when I was a kid. And I think exactly what you said, it's just like this way to like see new worlds and, you know, to, to experience something different. Um, and uh, I, I remember George Lucas talking about when he was making the prequels, like he's getting close to making episode one, saying something along the lines of like, he felt like he could finally with technology, you know, like the way it was by that point was like, he could finally like what he imagined his head for the stories. He could start to put to screen, which is a cool, like cool thing. And so that's been like, that's one thing I love about, movies and like seeing technology emerge and change and like how, I don't know if you've seen the new avatar yet. And that's the thing I did like about that is just the immersiveness of it. Um, that you feel like I heard it. I heard an avatar. It took so long for them to release the sequel. Cause they had to figure out how to do like underwater shooting Yeah, mm-hmm. and like motion, motion capture underwater specifically is what I read about. And right. so it took a decade to develop this technology to the point where they were able to do that. And speaking of CG, right? I mean, George Lucas in Star Wars was kind of the instigator for that. Yeah. Like VFX. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Right. George Lucas and ILM, what they did with with Star Wars, A New Hope, and then, you know, in the 70s, that was just groundbreaking. And it's kind of set the the standard for all other, you know, special effects and computer-generated stuff in movies now. Yeah, totally. And, And too, like, I feel like even the prequels you know, Jar Jar was the first one. I don't know if he was the first or if not, I I mean, I can't think of anyone else that predated him as like the first motion capture character and say what you will about the character. I know like most, a lot of people don't like the character Jar Jar, but it's still pretty incredible. Like what they accomplished with that to be able to have a fully CGI character and capturing the person, the actor's movements and dialogue. And, and now it's, yeah, it's like a common thing in movies, but uh, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that was a huge pioneer as well for that technology. Yeah, you can say what you will about, you know, Jar Jar and the prequels in particular, but you can't complain about the effects. Yeah. Because they're just so awesome. Especially for for 1999. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good, pretty crazy stuff. So, um, well, cool. Well, did you think of your answer yet? We can come back to it if not, but. So it says, what is one of the most meaningful films to you? Um. Ordinarily, I'd say Star Wars, and I think that's a close second. But I'd say the Harry Potter films. Um, the reason that's meaningful is uh, my twin brother passed away uh, last 18 months ago in July of 2021. And in the months preceding that, he had asked to watch Star Wars with uh, Harry Potter, all the Harry Potter movies with my wife and I. Hmm. So that was over the course of you know a month and a half before he passed away that we were able to watch all those movies with him. 
And I haven't watched them since, but I know that they'll always, you know, hold that place in my heart as the last movies we watched with him. Yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Did you guys get through all of them before he passed away? Did you get through? We did. We got through all of them. Yep. Oh, nice. I Um, think that it was funny that the evening, the so he passed away on a Thursday evening, and that Wednesday evening preceding that, we watched Black Widow on Disney Plus, and so that was the last movie I watched with him. So that's also meaningful for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. Um, and your brother, um. Was he a big movie fan too? Or like, I know he loves Star Wars, but was he, did he like other Bateman movies as well? I, I think he liked Marvel, of course. Colby was into that and we would always go see whatever newest Marvel movie. I think he liked Harry Potter. I don't think he loved it like he loved Star Wars. Yeah. And I think mostly he was a Star Wars movie kind of guy. Yeah. And cool. I, I think he enjoyed like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, but. Yeah. He wasn't that into movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, with the Harry Potter series, like, yeah, did you have a favorite out of the series, out of those movies? Um, I think, like, objectively, like, to movie standards, I think Prisoner of Azkaban yeah. is one of the Harry Potter films. Just because I don't even know how to explain it. I just, I just love that film. It's no, it's great. It, it, I feel like it captures the like innocence and youthfulness that kind of like the first two have. But then it does add a new darker element that, but but it's still like very um, accessible for kids, I guess. But then, yeah, I don't know. It tells a compelling story. There's time travel in it. There's it, it's kind of like that transition movie, you know, because right. the first two are kind of self-contained, and Voldemort's a, a player in these movies. But three is kind of the transition into the later three, uh, later four books that are yeah. much darker in tone. You get that like really great sequence, the reveal of Sirius Black. Like, yes, that. yeah. And I remember reading that book when I was a kid, and like just blowing my mind. And then, <laughs> it like not very often do you watch a movie or you read a book and you watch a movie and they they capture kind of what and the essence of what was going on in my head. And that move, that sequence, like I felt like did a good job doing that. And Gary Oldman, who plays Sirius, he's like. He's so good in that sequence. Um, yeah, he's so. he's a great actor, and he he's terrifying in the first part of the film where you see yeah. the the picture in the newspaper and he's just like screaming in Azkaban. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's so good. Uh, well, that's cool. I I think Azkaban Prisoner has that's probably my second after Order of the Phoenix. That's it's not like if you're if you're looking at like adapting a book, it doesn't do the best job. But as far as like taking the core of the story and turning into a movie i feel like it, they they did a really good job at that so exactly yeah yeah I, I can't i i would say order of the phoenix is one of my least favorite ones just because it's so frustrating to watch yeah with umbridge like, and and the death eaters and you're like come on people yeah it's, just, it's a pretty dark it's a pretty dark book and film i think though like i think that's the appeal i think i like a bit though sometimes is that um sometimes like especially like kids or teenagers youth like i feel like sometimes we underestimate them and in this story it's like they're the ones that figured this out like like hey all you adults get your heads out of the sand not all the adults but like a lot of the 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 important leaders and stuff and it's like i don't know i guess it's uh to me it feels like relatable to life sometimes and and like how we have to work together with the youth of and I don't know. Anyways, so I, I I like it. I I feel like too. It's uh, um, it's got one of my favorite scenes. There's like a scene between Harry and and uh, Sirius Black where he's Harry's like feeling like he's essentially going to the quote dark side, and and Sirius Black is like, we all have light and dark within us. It's what we do with that that's the most important. Like it's just a really powerful. Yeah, that, I think it's the moment in the whole series. So that's that's a really powerful scene. I was like, what is. And then I remembered it's where they're for Christmas break, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's after Arthur Weasley has been injured at the ministry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Harry's he's like, What if I'm turning bad like Voldemort? And yeah, Sirius's response is awesome. Oh, it's like I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's it's such a good yeah good scene. So I think another, you know, kind of similar scene is when Lupin talks to Harry on the bridge in Azkaban. Oh yeah they're talking about his mom and stuff that that's an awesome that's a great one yeah 
that's another one awesome. performance is Lupin. Um, I forgot the actor's name, but that that's a good performance throughout those movies too. Yeah. So many awesome scenes in those films. Yeah. Now I'm like, I should go do a Harry Potter rewatch. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So next question. So what would you say is your family movie? Um, and this could be like a movie that you and your family, like your parents and your siblings, you guys all grew up watching, quoting, um, or it could be something maybe even like you and your wife have shared together now. Like, um, so you can answer however, or you can answer both ways, however, however you'd like to answer it though. Um, the answer to this one immediately came to mind when I was going over the outline is uh, Nacho Libre is definitely oh, my family movie. I don't remember when we first watched it, but we're always quoting it. Uh, we're always laughing about it. And I still have yet to watch it with Summer, so I, oh, okay. I need to do that. Yeah. But yeah, Nacho Libre is fantastic. And I think any movie Jack Black is in is awesome. I love how Jack Black is going to be the voice of Bowser Yeah, in the in the Mario movie. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for that movie. My my kids are really into Mario right now, especially my my three year old son. He's like, it's like if he could, he just play Mario all day. So he's like so stoked for that movie. But um, yeah, not to leave it. That's a good one. Is that one that like do your parents watch it too and quote it? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I can't remember when we watched it. Probably like 2008, 2009. I think that was a few years after it came out. Yeah, but. We just, if we think it's hilarious. That's awesome. I think yeah. other people sometimes think it's weird, but I'm hoping Summer, I'm hoping my wife enjoys it. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's, that's a good one. I haven't seen that one in a while either, but. Um, okay, so what do you feel like is the film that you've watched the most in your lifetime? Let's see. I had to put some thought into this. I have a memory of, of Colby and I, we would watch Return of the Jedi like every Sunday. And okay. that's a memory I have, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if that memory is true or not. Mm-hmm. But And I, I don't know how long it lasted, but watching that every every week with Colby has, was certainly memorable. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're right, you could point to any of the Star Wars films and say, hey, I bet I've seen those a few times. Yeah, that was, I was, figu- I figured it'd probably it'd be one of the Star Wars movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was curious, like, which yeah. one? Cause I think Return of the Jedi is, I, I think I shared that for this question when I went through these, that or The Phantom Menace, because I was 10 when that came out and I saw it a lot in theaters, got the VHS, watched that a ton, watched the DVD a ton. So, but Return of the Jedi was the only Star Wars movie I remember us owning when I was really young. And so, rewatching that a lot too so uh, i remember seeing return of the jedi for the first time uh, i bet i was young like five or six mm-hmm. and i remember it was in our our upstairs uh playroom in my in my parents house and so oh, cool it's interesting that i remember the first time i saw that yeah like that's probably what kickstarted my whole star wars fandom is that the first star wars movie you saw or did you see I, I, i'm pretty sure it was the first one and then yeah. at some point we went and watched you know Empire and A New Hope. And then sort of in middle school, we watched, got really into it because, you know, we come in off the Clone Wars that we started watching in like 2011, I think. And then we watched the all the prequels soon after. And then, then we became really big Star Wars fans. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of like when your brother-in-law Brig kind of came into your family, right? He was around that yeah. time. Yeah. So this house that my wife and I currently live in, my sister, Emily, and her husband, Brigham. So my brother-in-law lived here as well when they first got married. Oh, so I remember coming coming over here to this house that I live in now, and we would get on Briggs' laptop, and we'd all watch the previous week's episode of The Clone Wars. That's cool. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And then a... oh, go ahead. another answer I'd say to the what film you've watched the most. Every Christmas, my family, we watch A Muppet Christmas Carol. Hmm. And so maybe even twice in a in a holiday season, but yeah. I think I've, I've that one's honestly, if factually, probably the one I've watched the most. Okay, nice. That's a great one too. <laughs> Do you know all the songs and stuff? Then can you sing them all? And like mostly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I won't make you do that here, but um... I, I think you'd lose some listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I yeah, I would lose some too if I tried singing it, but um. Okay, what, um, so next question, what's a movie you feel like you've cried the most in? 
or I guess first off, do you do you cry in films? Like, do you, do they make you emotional? Can you get like do? You... I don't know, like like tears, you know, streaming down my cheeks. Mm-hmm. I can get a little choked up, but you yeah. typically I'm not a typically I'm not a crier. Okay. Has there been a movie though that's like maybe made you cry a little bit or almost brought you to that that point? Um, I'd say the first movie I can remember being a little choked up in is um revenge of the sith so my parents were adherent to the pg-13 guidelines you know for revenge of the sith and so finally when we turned 13 we watched it with brig i think and so right it's fine order 66 is sad i don't know if i was misty eyed during that but the part where anakin is is force joking padme on mustafar that that really made me choke up i was like what's happening yeah (laughs) right so yeah, that one that's kind of traumatizing to watch. That is that's a heartbreaking scene. Like uh, yeah, like even now when I watch it, I've seen it so many times, but it still is like that whole that whole scene, and then you get Obi Wan there, and he thinks Obi Wan like she's betraying him for like I don't know. So it's it's just yeah. yeah, definitely. I've definitely you know had more chances to be emotional ever since my uh, Colby passed away. Yeah. I think my emotions are always closer to the surface. I think a recent one was Life of Pi, which I hadn't oh. seen in years. And it's a really interesting movie. Mm-hmm. And and there's a part where his his companion, you know, his companion that he survived with, the tiger, Richard Parker Richard is Parker, the tiger's yeah. name. And he Richard Parker just kind of disappears after they make it back to land. And it's the very end of the film and he's telling the journalist who's been hearing this story the whole film about what he what he wishes he could have said to Richard Parker before he he left so unceremoniously and he he says I love you Richard Parker and so during that whole thing I was I was I was teary yeah so I was like oh no Richard Parker he just left he didn't get to say goodbye yeah that 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 I mean that's that's a great movie I'm glad you brought that up like I I've I need to go back and watch that one but I, I'd forgotten how great of a movie it is and I like a visual spectacle too yeah cgi the tiger's all cgi it's awesome yeah it's just that's like yeah the visuals the storytelling everything about it is just really great so um do you mind if i ask like a personal question about your like when um not at all passed away um do you remember like the last thing you said to him like was it unexpected or well i guess first off yeah was it unexpected or did you like was it did you know he was going to be passing away soon or so definitely expected because he was on hospice okay, and he'd been, you know, kind of obviously winding down. He was on a bunch of meds to pain management and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but right. You expect it, but you don't expect it to be that day. Right. And, and, and right in the year leading up to this, cause we all knew it was coming. So I, I just busted my butt to be over at my parents as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And my wife and I, we live in a little casita house in my parents' backyard. And so it was easy to go over there, but I was also in like a coding program at U of A and I almost didn't pass that just because I was spending so much time over at my parents. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I had a bunch of errands to run that day. So I come in and he's playing Animal Crossing in his room and I'm like, well, I have to go now. And then let me see. My, one of my Zoom classes for the coding thing was from like seven to nine on a, Tuesdays or Thursdays. And so I decided to take that class and be over at my parents' house while I, while I took it. And so we played some Clash Royale. I think it's a mobile game and we ate dinner and then he went in his room, played video games and then started kind of being unresponsive. And then, you know, it was about an hour after that 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 he passed away. But so a really unspecial day, you know, and that was kind of of like a normal day, maybe like just kind of like an average or definitely a normal day that you wouldn't expect to have anything like that happen but yeah i yeah well i thank you for sharing that and then i you know i, I knew your brother passed away but i didn't know kind of some of the details i i appreciate you being open about that and do you remember were you able to say any like last words to him like even if maybe he didn't it sounds like he may not have been aware of like that potentially with the medication but yeah um Yeah, I think I I probably said some things as because we were all in his all the family was in his uh, bedroom because yeah. he was laying in bed. 
and you don't and have then, to share them if it's personal as well. Yeah. I mean, don't like you have to. Just... Yeah. And at some point after that, right, I just went in there and just we all kind of took turns yeah. talking to him. So I talked to him about things, talked to him about Star Wars things. Yeah. I was excited to watch things and hoped he could watch it with me. So yeah, yeah. that was nice to kind of share some last words. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I or, well, it's that you had that those moments and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, death is such a, I don't know, it's unfathomable thing to talk about or explain sometimes like that process. And, um, but I appreciate you being open and sharing some things and thoughts about it. So, yeah, of course. Um, okay. So revenge of the Sith life of Pi, though, those are kind of your answers then for that one. Definitely. Yep. Okay. So what's the first movie you ever remember watching? I think I preemptively answered that, didn't I? Uh, first one I can remember is Re- uh, Return of the Jedi. And I read an article that said like a bunch of our like earliest memories from childhood are probably fabricated or, or yeah. our brain made it up or something. Yeah. So I don't know how true that is. But the first we ever remember, it was probably some, you know, Disney show. But yeah. the first one I really remember is Star Wars. Okay. I could see that, that thing being, yeah, I could see there being some truth in that, but. Um, what about like, do you remember the first movie you ever saw in the movie theater? Hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure it was probably like early two thousands Disney film that I saw. Yeah. I can't remember that far back. We don't, we didn't go to the movie theater very often. I remember being really excited to go see Avengers though. The first one. Okay. In 2012, because that was that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Oh, that was that's one of like my favorite movie going experiences. That was such a cool. <laughs> that was so awesome seeing that. Um. Awesome. Well, what uh, what's been a film that's been a source of comfort, maybe like during a difficult time in your life? Let me skim these questions to make sure I'm not answering something too often. Oh no worries. Even though I know that's probably fine. Um. Source of comfort. Um, I would say, you know, back to the our Harry Potter rewatch with Colby. That was, you know, because it was coming and then it was just good to watch those and just because it wasn't like we were spending time with him or his last moments. It was just us watching a movie. Yeah. And so it was good to it was good to have that rewatch and just feel like we were watching a movie. Yeah. And then, so like kind of doing something you just normally would do and. Yeah, have just, that time. yeah, just a normal thing. I think we watched a couple Star Wars films, right? We probably didn't get through all of them yeah. in those last three months or so. Mm. But yeah, Star Wars, of course, been a source of comfort during a difficult time. Yeah. Like if once you love something as much as, you know, as I love Star Wars, then it's always uh, a comfort to watch it. It just feels regular and feels like home. Yeah, it's like a familiar, it's almost like for me, I feel like Star Wars and movies like that, that I... They're almost like, it's almost like hanging out with old friends, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go hang out with Chewbacca and Han Solo and Princess Leia or whatever, you know, like that's. Yeah. If you've seen uh, it, if you've seen any movie enough times, right, the characters will start, start to feel like a friendship, right? So when you turn yeah. the movie on, you're like, oh, I know these people. I don't mind spending a couple hours with them. Yeah. And I think too, one thing that I like about stuff like Star Wars or just kind of like you mentioned the like good versus evil um theme or like what's going on is that you watch these characters that you like you you become attached to overcome these these like really hard things and it to me it feels like i don't know it's just it's like nice to see that i guess to be able to be like like these characters like that you're fond of that you grow these attachments and be reminded that like oh yeah i can i can do some hard things too in my life so yeah Right, there's a reason we want to go to the theater and see our hero, you know, face insurmountable odds, because right. that's inspiring, and we can, we can, you know, maybe they exemplify some traits that we want to have in our lives. So I think movie characters can definitely be inspirational in yeah, that way. Exactly. Well, cool. Um, so what's what movie would you say has made you laugh the most? Laugh the most. Oh, this one is a fast answer too. The Croods. 
it was a movie about these cavemen. It was animated. I think it was DreamWorks or something. Yeah, yeah. And it was like 2014, 2015 maybe. But, man, I don't ever remember laughing as hard as I did in that movie. Because there's, yeah. there's some great one-liners. And I don't want to spoil it, but there's one where they encounter fire for the first time. And uh, it kind of starts spitting sparks at them. Hmm. And they go, "It's sh- the fire's shooting at us. And then the the middle-aged son of the caveman family goes, quick, hide from it in the tall, dry grass. And he goes and <laughs> hides from the fire in the dry grass. And I just laugh my head off. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a fun movie. I had never seen it until I think it was like last springtime, summer. I watched it with my kids. And then we watched the second one in the, like Harkins does like the summer movie thing. So we got to see the second one in the theater. But if, um, are you a fan of the second one as well? I don't think I've ever seen the second one. Oh, okay. Which is, which is kind of incredible considering I love the first one so much, but yeah. I'm going to have to go watch that now. I thought it was pretty good. I think it was a good follow up. Sometimes the sequels, like to animated movies, don't aren't always uh-huh. as don't well pan done. out. Um. Well, cool. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is the voice of the guy. Isn't that his name? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that, but it's that sounds like it's true. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was Ryan Reynolds in there. But um. Okay. Cool. Well. Um, I gotta get a drink too now. Um, okay, so what what's a movie you think you feel like everyone should see at least once in their lifetime? Let's see. And at the risk of sounding repetitive, I'm gonna say Star Wars. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say probably A New Hope, just because that's the film that kind of you know the older generation at least had that you know experienced that at first, and I think it's a a good place to start the story considering it's where they started the story originally. Yeah. So I think everyone should, should watch Star Wars at one point in their life. Even if you don't like it, just to have the, just to have the shared experience with other people. Yeah. Even just to say you've seen it. I mean, it's cinematic history and film like one oh one. I mean, I, yeah. So I agree. If you haven't seen Star Wars and you're listening, like at least watch one of them. And yeah, New Hope's a great place to start. So, and I think, Right, a secondary answer to that, I think, would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Right. And I, it's the first one in particular, because if you watch that one, there's no chance, in my mind at least, that you're not going to go watch the other two. Yeah. No, and that'll and that'll earn you a lot of points with everyone, right? Because yeah. if you hear, like, if I hear people that never seen Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to, I don't even know what to talk about with you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, it gets you a lot of nerd points and points with movie lovers. Yeah. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's funny. I I am I'm with you on that. I think Lord of the Rings is is one too. That's like yeah, you got to watch them at least once. So, um, okay. So this next question, um, this one can be tricky to answer and or confusing. I've I've noticed for some people, but it's uh, I'll just read the question first. So it's what movie has been difficult for you to watch or get through. And what was it about that that made it challenging? So it's not necessarily saying like what's the worst movie you've seen, which it could you could answer it that way. But you, way other ways you could answer it is like just maybe like the subject matter was difficult um, to watch, or or it was just like man, I'm not like vibing with this movie, um, and I don't know if I like I don't know if or maybe something and it happens. It's like oh man, that's like bringing up some of my own emotions that are difficult it's difficult for me to finish this movie anyways maybe i over explained it i hope i didn't do make you too confused but <laughs> okay let's see oh by the way was i was i muted for what i was saying about lord of the rings uh i don't think so okay good uh, okay as long as you could hear me that's good um let's see i'm gonna take you know both options on this so difficult to watch or get through just because i i kind of dislike it is probably Star Wars The Last Jedi, Episode 8. I, I think I liked it fine when I saw it in theaters. There was a twist at the end that I didn't see coming. I was like, whoa, I can't believe they killed this guy off. And then right over the years, I've kind of started uh, disliking it more and more. And so and now it's probably my least favorite Star Wars film and maybe hard for me to get through some. But the majority of the movie, to me, is pretty good. 
And so like, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm never watching that movie again or something like, like, like some fans do. So I guess that one would be difficult to get through just because I dislike some of the choices they made. But yeah. I mean, it's still, still a good Star Wars movie because all Star Wars movies are good Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And what's funny, so, ironically, I have my Last Jedi shirt on. I didn't even plan that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be. Maybe I'll have to go give it another watch and open up my mind. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'll just quickly add in Last Jedi. I'm a big fan of Last Jedi. It's one that, like, I, but I can understand people's, like, frustrations or or just it's not gelling you know because it's yeah for star wars movie that does a lot of different stuff takes some different turns that are unexpected and 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 can be questionable like why why is this thing happening and 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 i don't think it's a perfect movie by any means like i have some issues with it too but uh overall i've like really that's one that i've like have really come to love and appreciate but i I don't like anyone that doesn't enjoy it as much. Like I'm not going to be like, Oh, you're wrong. So anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. But <laughs> Matt, I feel like last Jedi definitely has been the star Wars film. That's been the most uh, conversation uh, starting. Oh, absolutely. Or, right. And and there's lots of, you know, toxicity about the film out there and stuff. And right. Some of that is a good portion of that is just, you know, objective criticism, which I think is fine. But some yeah. of it was just kind of vitriolic, which was unfortunate to see from a small portion of the, you know, a small vocal minority of the fan base. Right. Yeah. Which is like, which is fresh, is unfortunate that that was sometimes get the most attention, you know, those, the toxic fans out there, but. Yeah. The, the really loud fans get the most attention. Yeah. And I've, for me, I found that like over the last, I guess it's what's it's been three, four years, three years since the sequel trilogy wrapped up. Um, I love talking about the sequel trilogy because I feel like each of them in their own ways have the, um, the, I don't know, like the reputation of the sequel trilogy seems very device divisive now, even like force awakens has its own. I mean, I'd say fork awake is, is probably the least of them, but even the rise of Skywalker, I see so many mixed and like heated debates about that. Um, I, it's one of my favorite things to talk about with people, honestly, <laughs> like I, I could talk all day about the sequel trilogy and my own thoughts, other people listen to other people's thoughts. Cause there's, I don't know. It's, it's, there's so much anticipation, so much pressure for those movies to like, to, you know, to be this thing that we as fans all wanted them to be. And I think there's so many different ways they could have taken the story for each of those movies. And yeah, exactly. they ended up, this is what we got. And and like I found a lot of love and appreciation for what we have while also being able to be like, Oh, I don't love this choice as much. Um, and like, you know, for me, Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite of them, but I still really like the movie a lot. And I, I, I just watched it a couple weeks ago and like had a good time watching it. So. Yeah. I feel like, um, uh, part of the divisiveness was like, I mean, this is, Especially Force Awakens 2015. When did Star Wars come out? 1977? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's almost a 40-year wait of... I mean, there's been six films. Uh, you know, most of a TV show. Right? This is this is so many expectations building up for almost four decades. Yeah. And if if you would have gone to every Star Wars fan and said, Hey, what would what would be perfect in a this Force Awakens movie? And everyone would have given you a different answer, right? Right, yeah. As to what their expectations would be, whether they want, you know, an all new cast of characters or do they want to revisit the old characters? And so I feel like there were so many different expectations going in that it was hard for them, right? You hear it all the time. You can't make everyone happy. You can't please everyone, especially after a f- decades long wait between movies, you know, especially for a franchise as big and with the fan base is as big as Star Wars. Right. And yeah. I remember really enjoying uh, The Force Awakens in 2015. I mean, the, the hype train for that was real. Yeah. <laughs> all the trailers and, and the online excitement. And so I remember getting in the car and we were all just screaming and whooping and that we were we were going to go see this movie. And then, again, Last Jedi, right? I, I feel like, and I feel like we have time to talk about this just because 
Yeah. One of my biggest criticisms, what I, I felt like JJ Abrams set up all these awesome story threads, you know, with Snoke and the Knights of Ren and that kind of thing. And, you know, kind of leaving it open-ended with Luke Skywalker at the end of the movie as to what his, you know, reaction to Rey would be. But I feel like Ryan Johnson just kind of came in and cut off all the threads because we don't really see the Knights of Ren in Last Jedi. And, right. you know, the the decision he made to, you know, have Snoke not make it to the third movie. But, yeah, I like, you know, I think it's good for me to list things I like about Last Jedi. I like the duel between Kylo and Rey. And the the Praetorian guards at the end, oh yeah, the red armor. Um, I liked some of the training with Luke. <laughs> My favorite scene is when, uh, she's she has her eyes closed and she's on the rock training. You know, he's like feel the force, and he he touches the leaf to her hand, and she's oh, like, right. I feel it. That's the force. <laughs> and he's like, No, that's he doesn't say that's a leaf, but he's just so sarcastic and mean about it. Yeah, but I, that's a brilliant moment. I feel like, but my favorite scene, and it kind of saves the movie for me, because it's just such a powerful scene, but when Yoda and Luke are just sitting there and talking, and the tree is burning, you know, with all the ancient Jedi books, they're kind of just talking about how, right, sometimes you don't, you try to train someone or, or make some choices, or in Luke's case, you know, try to restart the Jedi Order, but sometimes it doesn't work out, and that's okay, because I feel like the point of that was, right, the people you train... Or, or things like that. Maybe they're going to make different choices than you, and you can't really control that. But at least yeah. you you tried, right? Because Yoda says that in episode five about about how trying or do or do not. But I I think he's come around by the time we see Yoda in Last Jedi as a Force ghost, to where he's like, yeah, you tried, and maybe it didn't work out how you expected it to. But I think Yoda says something like, "We are what they grow beyond." Yeah. Talking about like the people they've trained. And I thought that was a pretty uh insightful line by Yoda. Kinda indicating to me that maybe he'd kinda had a change of attitude. Yeah. And I love his line when he says uh the greatest teacher failure is too to Luke. Yes, that's that's the line I was trying to think of when I was yeah. explaining. And just like to me that encapsulates like what that whole movie is about is that you know, we're going to fail times and not do things right. Cause every, you look at every character in that movie, like Poe, he failed his mission Finn, they all screw up, um, you know, and then, or even like their own expectations, Ray goes to confront Kylo Ren thinking she's going to turn him to the, to the, to the cause of the resistance to the, to the light side. And that doesn't work out. And you can't control what he's going to do, you know, no matter how much you try and, Anyways, yeah, I, I, uh, that's that's to me one of my favorite moments too is that scene with Yoda. Yeah, but. and then right, Rise of Skywalker. Just to finish off my thoughts on the sequels, right? Uh, there's some complaints. Maybe it could have been a little better. Maybe it was a little too trying to fit too much into one movie. But like you said earlier, it's what we got, right? So we might as well enjoy it. And right, Rise of Skywalker is a really enjoyable movie to watch and sit through. I feel like yes, there's some. Things that maybe we don't agree with. But we're all, you're right. I would hope that all Star Wars fans are united in the love of Star Wars. Right? Yeah. And so we can appreciate what we do have. Maybe not try to, you know, not whine too much about it. Because, you know, complaining is kind of our thing as Star Wars fans. Because hmm. everyone has different opinions and stuff like that. But overall, the sequel trilogy, my thoughts are positive. I don't, I don't, I'm not a supporter of them, like, scrapping it and redoing it all. Like yeah. some people try to say. But I just, I, yeah, they're an enjoyable set of movies, so that's what I'll say. Yeah, well, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that and going on that tangent with me. I like, I, yeah, I guess I love talking about those. So, um, was there another one you were going to add for this question though before we moved on to the next one? Um, I tried to think of yeah, like a film that was more difficult emotionally. Uh-huh. I can't really think of any. I don't okay. watch that many movies, and the movies I do, I I enjoy. Okay, no worries. Okay, what would you say is the most infi- inspiring movie you've ever seen, or one of the one of them, one of the most? Right, I I don't watch a lot of I don't know air quotes inspiring movies. I think you know a good one that would fit in the realm of inspiring movies is Miracle. It's about you know the United States hockey team that beats the Soviets. 
that's just that's just awesome feel good sports movie that I enjoy watching from time to time, and that's inspiring to see them win. Um, in the end of the film, hopefully that's not spoiling it because it's history and it already happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's there's films that have inspiring parts to them, right? Maybe you wouldn't categorize the whole film as inspiring, but like in Lord of the Rings, in Return of the King, there's two moments that I think of. One is the charge of the of the Rohan riders into the oh, orcs yeah. in front of Minas Tirith, and the whole build up to that, that sun coming over the horizon, and the there's thousands of horses, and King Theoden's giving his speech. And yeah. if you're not, you know, inspired by that, I don't know what to tell you because that it's a really powerful scene. Yeah, that's and so then, good. Again, later in the movie, where right, Frodo and Sam are almost at the end of their journey, and Frodo just kind of collapses because the ring is too much. And then Sam goes, if I can't, you're right. If you can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, then I can carry you. And the, yeah. the music, the music builds up and Sam picks up Frodo and they make their way up Mount Doom. And that's just, that's an awesome moment. Very inspiring. And when I get a little teary eyed during. Yeah, that's, that's, that part's amazing. I love that sequence. And I, yeah, I think for this question too, like, yeah, like I'm glad you brought up Lord of the Rings as one because it's, yeah, there's movies that like are maybe designed to be more air- inspirational, but like I feel like you could find it in anything you watch. It's really kind of up to the who the person, you know, cuz I I watch, yeah, I watch Lord of the Rings, I watch Star Wars. I take a lot of inspiration from those movies. Like the Dark Knight trilogy to me is I watch those and I I feel very like moved and inspired by those. Um Bush of the Dark Knight Rises, but uh so yeah, there's 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 uh, a lot of different ways that like you can and find that. I think those, you know, fantasy, science fiction, epic fantasy movies are so appealing because, like I said earlier, right? What you want to see is each character in these movies, like Luke, uh, saying no to joining the dark side with the Emperor, knowing that he's probably going to get murdered, and then mm-hmm. you know, in Lord of the Rings, it's you never look at that battle objectively and say, yeah they're going to win and the good guys are going to win and they're going to destroy the ring. But to, to be so put down and have so many people against you, right? Cause that happens in everyone's life. Right. I think there's a point in everyone's life that, right. The universe seems to be against you. There's all these trials and heartaches and suffering going on, but right. You want to acknowledge those, but then pick yourself off the ground and keep moving on and, and things will get better. And so I think the reason I like, those movies so much at least is because I could see other people doing that. Other people facing, you know, insurmountable odds and then standing up and saying, you know what, I'm just going to keep fighting because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, totally. And that's, I love that. I love so well said. And I think that's why I love superhero movies a lot is because that's what those are. I mean, yeah, they can sometimes be repetitive or formulaic at times, but it's, that's life though too, is like you have this new thing, obstacle or trial or whatever you have to face and then you have to figure out a way to 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 work through it or or you know fight you know not necessarily physically fight it but like figure out a way to get through like a a tough battle and then kind of you kind of have to move on the next one (laughs) and that's like what a lot of these movies i feel like demonstrate and kind of yeah like for me i think ever since i was a little kid i think that's why i was drawn to them is because like it's like all right these guys can do it i can i can take my math test and whatever, or, you know, <laughs> whatever the thing was when I was like seven, you know, that was, that seemed hard to me, but, um, okay. Awesome. Well, um, we got two more questions left. So what is your, what's one of your favorite movie quotes? Um, this one I had to give quite a lot of thought into cause I wanted to give a, a really good answer. And I think the three characters I looked at were Yoda because he has some great lines in Star Wars, uh, inspirational lines and lots of teaching moments. Uh, the other one I looked at was Dumbledore. Because in the books, right, he has some great quotes. And in the movies, they include some of those. But some of Dumbledore's quotes are, are really heartwarming and stuff and inspiring. Um, and then the last character I looked at was Gandalf. I love Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. And he has so many, in the books and the films, he has so many great and uh, thoughtful lines. And so I looked up some of his quotes and I think this one is, is the one I was thinking of when I looked up his quotes. Um, 
I don't know if he says this in Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, but he says, Some believe it is only great power that can hold evil in check, but that is not what I have found. I found it is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. And I think he says this in The Hobbit in the White Council with Elrond, and he's talking with Galadriel afterward, and he mm-hmm. he says this. But, but I think that's the message of Lord of the Rings, and it's a good message for life too because right, we might not be able to fight injustice with guns or some really powerful army or, you know, we can't change everything by ourselves. But what we can do is every day we can try to do something kind for someone. Like like Gandalf says, right? It's not great power that's going to hold evil in check. Cause he, right? Evil always has great power. And so you kind of be fighting fire with fire that way. But if you just, right, every day, all the choices you make to try and be better than the day before and try to be a good person. So those are those things that are going to make the real difference in life. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. That's, that's such a great, a great one too. Um, and yeah, I mean, you think about the Lord of the Rings series, like that's what that essentially comes down to is like all these small acts to do something good, help them, you know, help these, this, you know, the middle earth, people of middle earth overcome this insurmountable evil that's, that they're faced with. And yeah, I mean, it's, and yeah, I agree. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things we can do. There's not a lot in life we have control over. Um, you know, we live in a crazy time with country that's divided and, you know, whether that's politics or whatever, there's just so much, so many things out there that can be really frustrating and overwhelming. And, but learning to like do small acts of kindness or small things is like the best place to start. It's not something within our control. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say my, uh, a similar quote and probably my second favorite one that I quote sometimes in my Gandalf voice, which I won't subject you to, but that's in, uh, the Hobbit. And I think they're talking about Gollum, him and Bilbo and Gandalf says, true courage is not knowing when to take a life, but when to spare one. Hmm. And so, right. Sometimes the world or would have us think that it's the, the powerful things we do, right. If we're going to like win, we got to kill the bad guys and, and stuff like that. But sometimes it's not about winning or being destructive or stuff like that. Sometimes it's just about kindness. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great one too. That's that thing that's in the first one, isn't it? The first, cause then yes, he, I think so. yeah. Cause he, he has the ring on and he has an opportunity to kill Gollum basically when he's trying to escape yep. and then he does it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, uh, here we go. Last question. So if you had, if you were had the opportunity to be able to give one film out as a gift to every new person you meet for the rest of your life, what movie would that be? I was thinking about this question and thinking like, what criteria am I trying to meet here? Obviously it has to be a movie that I enjoy, right? That I think has some good messaging, some good morals that someone would could take something from. So I'd say... I'm tempted to say Star Wars just because I love it so much. Yeah, that works. But let's see. Lord of the Rings, maybe. You know what? I'm going to be faithful to Star Wars. I'm going to say Star Wars. I think, and this is like, this question says one film and I'm talking about nine films. <laughs> so you give but, it but a even, box set. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even one film and let's say, uh, episode four a new hope right you could take so many great messages out of that which is like standing up to evil and and sometimes you don't have to be the most powerful person in the room to make a difference and yeah just again the that constant struggle between good and evil that's so common in these fantasy and science fiction films that is just inspiring and you can't help but be inspired by john williams music because you know this this that movie is a piece of of history even yeah. with the music and the groundbreaking effects for the time. And right. I, I just want everybody to have the chance to, to, to be a part of this, this movie and part of this franchise that has blessed my life in so many ways. I know I made so many great friends, including you, right. Our friendship was based earlier on, on, on star Wars and our mutual uh, appreciation of that. 
So Star Wars has given me so much so that I'd like to give back to it and give back to everyone else by sharing that movie with them. Yeah. Well, that's a great one. And I think, uh, anyone would be lucky to receive that as a gift. So, (laughs) um, so I have to ask though, just a quick follow up with that. Um, what is your, like, do you have a favorite Star Wars movie? I know you've mentioned a new hope or for others, some of the other ones, but do you have like one out of the, the nine out of all the movies or even the spinoffs too, like Rogue One and Solo? Um, let's see. I think Revenge of the Sith is a great movie. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Uh, historically, I've said Return of the Jedi episode six, just because okay. I, I love the ending of that film with the Ewok celebration and it's all the friends are together. Right, the good guys have won the day. Yes, there's been some sadness. Some people have died. You know, Darth Vader turned back to the light only to, to you know, die soon after. But it's just a really triumphant feeling at the end of that movie. And so I've, I've always loved that movie. And for the whole movie, not just the ending. But the ending especially is just pretty, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Feel good. It just makes you feel good. Yeah. And... As far as, like, probably my objectively favorite nowadays, it's probably Rogue One, because that's an awesome movie. The ending is a big gut punch, right? Just because all all these heroes you've learned to love throughout the course of the movie, and they've they've made this decision to sacrifice their lives for the greater good and the rebellion. And the the feeling in that movie is, you know, they all made that brave choice to stand up to evil, and so I think that'd be my favorite Star Wars movie. Okay, that's that's risen in my ranks, I'd say, in the last several years. It's, I've always liked it, but it's it's the one that like just gets better. I feel like over time, and especially with exactly. Andor, that show, like that, I feel like just escalated that movie for me. Yeah, I more. could like, I could talk about Andor for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a phenomenal show. That was it's it might be my favorite um, Disney Plus Star Wars show that they've come out with. I, I love The Mandalorian as well. That's probably like where I'm, those two I'm debate, I'd be, be debating between, but I don't know. The uh, Andor had some just phenomenal moments. So, um, quick question. Sorry, I'm going to ask another Star Wars question if that's okay. Um, I could probably keep asking you these all night, but I will wrap up soon. But, um, do you have a favorite like Clone Wars? Cause you mentioned that earlier and I wanted to ask this like favorite Clone Wars episode or story arc in the series. Oh man. I love Star Wars, the Clone Wars. I think it's the best TV show ever made. Um, right. Andor is great and Mando is great, but Clone Wars is where the, I, I'm with you. It's where the it best started, I think. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. Favorite episode or story arc. I'm trying to think what I always go back to. Um, oh, one of my favorites is, uh, it's in the so Clone Wars had five seasons, I think. So it had five seasons at first, and then once Disney purchased Lucasfilm, I think they canceled it. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, we got the Lost Missions, which was eight to ten episodes on on Netflix that they released. And and the last three episodes of those are uh, focused on Yoda, and uh, oh yeah, kind of yeah. goes on this journey to all these whimsical. Force planets, oh, which reminds me of my other favorite episode arc in Clone Wars. But, but Yoda, he goes and he faces these trials. He faces this like dark doppelganger of himself. Yeah. He kind of has to, to understand that, yes, it's okay to have fear and, and have these negative emotions sometimes. Um, but that one is just so, so rich in Star Wars lore. Mm. And it's, it's so funny to see, you know, Yoda in his tiny little ship. And going on these adventures with R2 and like Anakin sneaks him out of the Jedi temple, you know, a little mischievously. So it was fun to see Yoda in a new light. And then yeah. <clears throat> for pure Star Wars force lore, I've got to say Mortis. Oh, the three yeah. great. in season three of the Clone Wars, uh, it's Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. They go to this force planet and it's just three episodes of really deep Star Wars I think some people might think it odd if they weren't that into Star Wars, but it's an awesome set of episodes. Kind of dives into what Anakin's role is as the chosen one. And, uh, there's some other characters and they have to put like the force back in balance. And I feel like, you know, 
that was half of Anakin's job as the chosen one was to bring the force back into balance. And I think it fulfills a large part of that prophecy during those episodes where he kind of balances out the force and the, yeah. the dark and the light in the universe. But those are really thought provoking and epic episodes. Yeah. Those are good. Those are ones too, that I feel like kind of in a lot of ways expands the star Wars universe in like a, a new direction where it like, adds a lot more mystical and and honestly like i mean it's always been a sci-fi fantasy series but like more fantasy elements um and uh yeah i I, yeah i love those ones too i think um one i don't know if you've ever um read or seen read like like a outline of colin trevorrow's episode nine script so he was the director that was supposed to direct episode nine and then he got fired and they brought JJ Abrams back and it was called, it was going to be called duel of the fates. Have you ever read about that? Uh, or heard about it during the, you know, all the lead up to rise of Skywalker. I saw some videos on it, but I never looked into detail on it, which I'll, I'll have to go look at it. Yeah. There's, there's like some YouTube, um, some people on YouTube have like done some animation art stuff and like done it. Or you can like, if you even just Google like the, the star Wars duel, of the fates script, you can, I think you can find the actual script or you can do like, I've never read the script, but I've like gone on Wikipedia and read the synopsis about what it was supposed to be. And one of the ideas that I thought was really cool was Ray and Kylo Ren's final battle was going to be on Mortis. Um, in, in the script, that was like one of the ideas that he threw, he was going to try to do, but there was some stuff too in it that I didn't love, but, um, there was some cool stuff like that. And then, Finn was going to lead a, a stormtrooper rebellion on Coruscant. And there's going to be like this big battle on Coruscant. That's how like there was, so there's going to be that final battle. And then Ray and Kylo Ren on Mortis fighting, you know, like Star Wars finale is always crossed between like these two different couple, multiple battles sometimes. So anyways, I've always, that sounded really pretty cool to me. That's, that sounds amazing. Thank you for telling me about that. I'm yeah. going to go in and read all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what your thoughts are once you, once you get done with it, but. Um, well, okay. This has been so much fun, man. I, I, I love, I loved hearing about some of these, uh, movies and some of your, your own personal experiences with them. And of course, talking Star Wars is always a blast. So anything else you want to add or, or anything before we finish up or, um, I guess just, just thinking and, and thinking about these questions and leading up to the episode, I just realized how much of a factor movies have been in my life, right? Like yeah. a huge part of my personality in my life now is because of my love for Star Wars and how much energy and time I've put into the franchise. I had a Star Wars podcast, right? Who knows how much money I've spent on Star Wars Lego sets, but just realizing how much of an impact all these films have had on my life and how important they are to so many people. So it was cool to think about and kind of reflect. So thanks for that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's really like partly why I started this because I, I just love movies and I feel like I experience or like, I feel like I process my own life through movies a lot. Like I'll watch something and, and kind of like take things from that into my own life or like put myself in the shoes of the characters I'm watching. And, but yeah, I mean, Star Wars is easily the, the movie series I've spent the most time in in my life and invested the most. Like you said, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how much money I've spent just on, whether that's action figures or seeing movies on repeat or spending money buying toys or merchandise or, or going to Disneyland to go to the theme parks, you know, like I bought one of the $200 exactly, lightsabers yep. there. <laughs> so, yep. As did I. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, I feel very like grateful as in my life and excited. And I, I love to share it with other, that's, I think too, I think the most important thing I'd say out of star Wars is like, the friendships and the, like I, my brothers are all Star Wars fans. That's how we bond. That's all. Like we've mentioned a couple of times we've met even your uh, brother-in-law Brigham. Like when I met him in high school, cause I knew him from high school, he was, it was uh right before Revenge of the Sith came out. And so like we bonded over that, you know, so I, I, I have countless people that I've met and Star Wars has brought us together. So. And especially with Star Wars and just movies in general, if you love a, a film franchise, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars and you're in a conversation with a stranger or an acquaintance and they bring up that they like that movie too. Just like, that's like an instant connection. Yeah. That's the, that's the best icebreaker you can have is 
some film that you have in common with this person that you both love. So right, I think that right. speaks to the power of movies to make friendships and foster human connection. Definitely. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, man, once again, it was a blast having you here and thank you so much for tuning in and uh, being here. Um, so, and thank you for everyone for listening. And I hope you were able to enjoy this and hear like some of Kate's experiences in movies. So if you'd like to be on the show, I'd love anyone that's listening. You feel free to reach out to me. The best place to do that is on my Instagram um, at uh, Tommy Olson 88. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to have any, you know, anyone that's interested to come on the show. So thank you so much. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. What if after everything that I've been through, something's gone wrong inside me? What if I'm becoming bad? I want you to listen to me very carefully, Harry. You're not a bad person. You're a very good person who bad things have happened to. You understand? Besides, the world isn't split into good people and death eaters. We've all got both light and dark inside of us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. Harry, time to go. When all this is over, we'll be a proper family. We'll see.